one constant through all the years, Ray. Beyond the game. The ladies are taking my sweet face. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is a career ender, just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, the Watch Out World. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. everybody, along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. You found the Beyond the Game program, sports talk without the trash talk. After this first segment coming up later in the show, we're going to talk a little baseball. The first week of full squad workouts has taken place. The Florida teams continue to break it down. And while I think maybe they should just give up on the idea of regular season baseball in Florida, maybe I should just mind my own business. We'll talk about minding one's own business. Does anyone really care what Bryce Harper thinks about what the Miami Marlins did? He plays for the Washington Nationals. And as long as I'm asking that, does anyone care about what Canadian citizen and former NBA star Steve Nash thinks about the U.S. Constitution and whether or not it's outdated? Mind your own business. We'll talk about that later in the show. Also, Zach, of course, will bring us new shenanigans statements We'll tell you what it is that we like this week. But for now, last week, Zach, I asked you if you had gotten into the Winter Olympics. You had told me at that time that you had not even watched one event. Well, here we are a week later, and depending on when you're listening to this show, the the Olympics are either over or about to be over. So is there anything that you've watched over these last two weeks? I actually have watched a little bit of figure skating in the studio with you working on the show. <laughs> and uh that's been it i will probably at some point i will watch the ladies gold medal hockey game because you have to watch that it, it was but. a pretty terrific game was there anything about these games that disinterested you or do you perhaps you prefer the summer games or maybe the olympics just don't get it done for you what is what is your deal it's i don't know it's, when i was younger when i was a kid i i was very interested in them and i would watch all the time and but as I've gotten older, I've just gotten less interested. I think it's partially because I'm watching so much else. I'm paying attention to spring training baseball. I'm doing some scouting for the NFL draft. I'm, you know, I'm watching a lot of stuff. And plus I have kids to chase around now that I never used to have. So I think it yeah. might just be spending the time, but I'm also just not super interested. I like the Olympics. In fact, I like the winter variety more than I do the summer. But I'm struggling with the broadcasting of this for whatever reason. And I can't exactly pin it down. I'm not, I haven't been a fan of NBC's broadcast of these games. I know they put on what they think people are going to watch. Obviously, it's, it's ratings driven. But they're doing interviews, human interest stories when there are competitions going on. A couple of years ago, they had six or seven channels, all of Olympic viewing. Mm-hmm. Well, now... I don't even know what's on when. It's just sort of a hodgepodge of whatever I happen to catch. So I don't have a good guide. I'm sure there's one out there, but I don't have it. I was watching NBC Sports the other day. So I turned over to NBC because I was going to say, all right, let me see what else is on. This was a Saturday afternoon. And they had an NHL hockey game on. NHL hockey during the Olympics. Now, it was the Rangers and the Flyers, so I stuck with it, and I wish I hadn't because the Flyers blew out the Rangers. Yeah. But my point is, 
why wouldn't you have Olympics on all the NBC channels? Mm-hmm. For those two weeks, you can get away without an NHL hockey game. But I guess my point would be also that if you're putting on the NHL because you think it's going to outdraw the Olympics, well, that's not saying much for the Olympics because you and I love hockey. Mm-hmm. But as a, a television draw, it's really not much of one. Here's the problem. And every so often, I think you're going to have this problem. And I think it has a lot to do with the time difference. I don't like anything. I, I have a hard time. I don't know what why it is, what it is about me, but I have a hard time watching sports when it's on tape delay. Mm-hmm. I can't set my DVR. You mentioned you're going to watch the gold medal hockey game. I've already watched it. I already know what happened. I, w- I don't enjoy it on tape delay. So these Olympics being 12, 14 hours, it's a bit of an issue. And I'm not sure how you solve that problem. Well, actually, I do, but I get plenty of hate email and text people saying I'm American elitist. You want to solve the problem, just have them here in the United States where they belong. I mean, does anybody else really care as much as we do about them anyway? Probably, Probably not. not. Obviously, it wouldn't be fair to do that. I think it's a colossal waste of money to build these stadiums, build these arenas, and you, you get a large portion of your population that's struggling, that's that's hurting, just living in poor economic conditions, and yet you're building these new stadiums. Now, the same thing could be said about America, but I don't think it's widespread. And we've seen these venues get built, which are just left, mm-hmm. and they're rarely used after that. That seems like a colossal waste. So my proposal would be, you have the five circles representing the five continents. If you didn't know what that five Olympic circles represents, there where you go. You may not also know that the, the five different colors plus the white background make up six different colors that of which every nation's flag across the world has at least one of those colors in their flag. So just a little bit of trivia, but take those five continents and, 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 and rotate the games around those five continents. Build some permanent sites, places mm-hmm. that can house the tourists, house the athletes, put on the games without having to rebuild. And you could probably come up with a couple areas where they could they could be on both sides of the border. Take the U.S. and Canada. You could have games in Lake Placid and in Montreal or in, in Ottawa, perhaps. You could do the same thing in, in Utah and Vancouver. There's, there's a ton of possibilities. And split them. But rebuilding new venues just seems like a waste to me. Yeah, I think that just makes sense, especially when you look at countries like uh, Brazil. Like when Rio had the Summer Olympics two years ago and there were guys kayaking through or canoeing through rivers that had sewage and couches and stuff in them and the water wasn't safe. And, you know, the country was in chaos and uh, had no money, but they were spending all of this money to put these facilities together to be used for two weeks. You know, if you have permanent facilities on each continent, you rotate through them. You know, the Olympics are, the winter and summer Olympics are each every four years. So you're not going to be back in the same place for a long time. I think it just makes sense to have permanent facilities that are maintained and used for other things in between. And, you know, these countries can stop blowing all this money on facilities that they're going to use for two weeks. Christians have a responsibility to care for what they've been blessed with also. It's called stewardship. It's the simple concept that acknowledging that all we have, well, it actually belongs to God. When we pass from this earth, we certainly can't take the stuff with us. Of course, we can leave it to our kids, but they can't take it with them either. Psalms 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's, and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. 
we have the great privilege, really, the great blessing of being trusted by God to care for a certain amount of stuff. For some, it's it's a great many things. For others, it's not quite as much. But it's not the amount that's given. It's what we do with it to accomplish God's work that really matters. Now, many who hear the word stewardship, they're, they just naturally repel. They're almost like preconditioned to repel because they fear any conversation about money. And that's because deep down, they think that people are really trying to get their money. And I guess in some extent that's true. We've all heard the how people fear all the churches are just out to get your money. But when the Bible talks about stewardship, it's a lesson in using God's resources to accomplish God's work. The amazing thing is God isn't necessarily looking for all your money. What he wants is all your heart. And what you do with your money is a pretty good indication of where your heart is. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. But before you freak out thinking that this segment is just about money, and it is, but it's about more than that. It's about money, but it's also about our time. It's about our, our talents, all these things that God has blessed us with. It's about coming to a place where we understand that what we have, we have because of God. And we ought to be willing to give whatever portion necessary back to him. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 says, Let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, meaning that there's a there's been a time in your life that you can go back to where you placed your faith and trust in him, then God has given you a gift. Not only did you get the gift of eternal life in heaven with him, but you got a gift that you can use to help others come to that understanding of Jesus as well. Maybe you have a talent for putting things together and things that you get involved in just seem to run smoothly. Well, God's gifted you in that way. Maybe you're just able to sit down and talk to anybody. Your conversation comes easy for you. Well, God's gifted you in that way. Maybe you have a, t a talent for understanding the Bible and helping other people understanding it, making it clear to them. God has gifted you in that way. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We need to be stewards of those gifts that God has given. We need to be able to use them appropriately, not just waste on them, not just, not just sitting on them. If you have a tremendous singing voice, you need to use it, maybe not exclusively, but certainly in some part for God's glory. Stewardship is not simply volunteering your time, helping coach a, a youth baseball team or working with some kids in a soccer clinic, though doing that certainly is stewardship if it's done with the right heart, right attitude. Stewardship is not simply putting money in the offering plate as it passes by on a Sunday morning, though, again, doing that is stewardship when it's done with the right heart, when it's done with the right attitude. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 says, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. True stewardship is an attitude. It's an attitude that puts God first in all things, and then trusting God to meet our needs. 
when you give yourself to the Lord, when you dedicated your life to Christ, when you received him as your Savior, then it just makes sense that everything you have belongs to God. It's backwards for someone to say they gave their life to Christ, but then they won't be faithful to trust him with their finances, trust him with their time, trust him with their talents. Just they don't have that trust in Christ, but yet they're trusting him for their salvation. They're trusting him to bring them to heaven, to pay for their sins, but not with their money. That doesn't make sense. They're not practicing biblical stewardship when they consider their life their own, when they consider their possessions their own, and they do with them as they please. Stewardship starts by giving oneself fully to the cause of Christ. Stewardship is simply putting God first in everything. It's everything we say, everything we do, everything we have. It's not just about giving God money. It's about giving God everything. Do you trust God with your finances? How's your giving to your church? How about to missionaries? How about to those teaching and preaching the word of God? How about your time and your talent? Do you trust God with those things? Do you think he's able to redeem that time to bless your efforts? How's your involvement in helping others? Are you serving in some ministry somewhere? If not, then you're not really trusting God with your time or your talents. And most importantly, do you trust God completely with your heart? Do you trust him to be able to save you from your sins? Or are you still trying to do it yourself, trying in vain to do enough good things that he will just simply let you slide right into heaven, give you a free pass? Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God in John 3, chapter 3, verse 3. It is only the blood which Jesus Christ shed on the cross, which God considers worthy for forgiveness of sins. First John 1, 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Jesus came to earth so that through his perfect life, his willing sacrificial death on the cross, through through his resurrection from the dead, you could be restored into a right relationship with God and have forgiveness of your sins. First, uh, excuse me, John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead three days later? Are you ready to ask him to forgive you of your sins? Are you ready to turn away from that old lifestyle of trying to do things yourself, trying to please yourself, trying to do things your way? And will you turn your life over to God? Will you follow after God? Admit your sin. Admit your guilt to God. Tell him that you believe that he died on the cross for you. He was buried and rose again. Ask God to forgive you. And tell God you want him to change your heart, that, that you want him to help you repent from sin. First John 1 John 1.9 assures us when it says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 that we read, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. If you've done that today, if you've trusted Christ with your life, with your heart, won't you let us know? Send us a note through our website. It's btgprogram.com. And if you're not quite ready, if you're not sure about fully committing your life to God, but you want to know a little bit more, visit that website, btgprogram.com. You can get more information on what it is to be a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. Look for the link which says, Know Jesus. It's in the upper right-hand portion of our website. I hope you'll stick around after we take a short break. Zach will be back. He'll give us this week's shenanigans statements. And later in the show, we'll tell you what it is that we like this week. That's all ahead on this edition of the Beyond the Game program. Here's the Red Hawks recap for this week, covering up through February 21st. The Red Hawks recap being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. A difficult couple of days last weekend for the Roberts basketball teams. On Friday night, the 16th, Queens College swept the Red Hawks by narrowly beating the women 57 to 55, and then the men as well 70 to 59. On Saturday, it was the men with the narrow loss, dropping their match with Malloy 80 to 78. The women, though, pulled out a victory over Malloy 66 to 57. Senior Lucy Covley was one of four Roberts women's to score in double digits, leading the Red Hawks with 12 points in what was her final regular season home game. The other three were all sophomores, Emily Miller and Taya Andrews with 11 points each, and Sarah Nady with 10. The track and field teams competed at the National Christian Indoor Championships last weekend, with the men's team turning in a 7th place finish, while the women came away with a 3rd place finish. Chelsea Hayward won individual national titles in both the 60-meter dash and 200-meter dash. Junior Christina Button placed 1st in the 400-meter, and for the men's sophomore Ashton Colaire, placed first in the 60-meter hurdles. Now it's off to the East Coast Conference Championships for the Roberts Runners this weekend in Staten Island. The Roberts Wesleyan men's tennis team opened the spring portion of their season with a pair of victories, defeating Houghton College 6-3 before topping RIT by that same 6-3 margin. The women's bowling team won four out of five matches in Greensburg, Pennsylvania last Sunday, and in lacrosse, the women were victorious at Shippensburg University 13-12, and the men defeated Newbury College 8-6 to behind three goals by senior Alex Bianchi and two by freshman Gavin Marsh. No home events during the week ahead for the Roberts Athletics, but don't forget coming March 4th and 5th is the ECC Conference Championship Tournament hosted by Roberts Wesleyan College. $10 will get you in the door for a full day of great college basketball competition. And don't forget, veterans and military personnel are free of charge, and those being accompanied by a vet are half price. You can see the full schedule of games at their website, robertsredhawks.com. There you can also get news, scores, highlights, and more. The Red Hawks Recap has been brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. 
one smooth criminal sitting across the table from me, Zach Barletta. <laughs> btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Sports talk without the trash talk. Beyond the game recorded in a very cozy BTG studio here in Rochester, New York. But if you ever miss some of our edge of your seat programming, you can get the podcast. Just visit our website, btgprogram.com. You can also find it on iTunes, other podcast sources like Google Play. We don't know why, but every week the podcast is downloaded in several different countries and in cities and towns all across these great United States. Places like Arcadia, Florida, which was on the list of places which downloaded last week's show. Arcadia located in southwest portion of Florida, kind of southwest there, not all that far from Punta Gorda or even Sarasota, I suppose 45 minutes from one, maybe you know, probably 45 minutes either way, I guess, if you're familiar with those places. If I recall, it's sort of uh, sort of out in the middle of nowhere, Arcadia. You got to go through a lot of little nowhere towns to get there. You go through a lot of a lot of nothingness to get to Arcadia, if I recall. But they've got the internet, apparently. So They do. If you do go there, you can go take in one of the rodeos. I think they have a, a rodeo circuit there three or four times a year. I'm not sure exactly. I've been to one. It's pretty terrific. Um, the Arcadia Rodeo was a great time. Had some legit hardcore cowboys the year I went. <laughs> Former Miami Dolphin safety Chris Clemens went to high school in Arcadia, Florida. He had... Little trouble with the law. He's now out of the NFL, I believe. Bitsy Moss had a brief baseball career with the Phillies back in the 40s. Bitsy was under six foot. I think he was shorter than me. I'm five <laughs> I nine. I think he was shorter than me. But Bitsy is an interesting cat. This is a guy that um, went on to become the security manager for Elvis Presley because he was. Elvis's uh, Elvis's manager was, of course, Colonel Parker, and Moss was the brother-in-law of Colonel Parker. Arcadia is also the home of Al Alberts, who is a singer and co-founder of the 50s group The Four Aces. What you may not know about Al Alberts was that he hosted a, a TV show in Philadelphia called The Al Alberts Showcase, which he hosted for 32 years. Wow. That's a long run for a television show, especially for a, a talent-type variety television show. That show is said to have helped launch the careers of people like Andrea McArdle, who you may not know, but she was famous for being Broadway's Annie. I remember Andrea McArdle quite well. Sister Sledge, We Are Family, Teddy Pendergrass, others getting their start on the Al Albert Showcase. So thanks for listening there in Arcadia, home of... Al Alberts, home of Chris Clemens and, and others, fine, good-looking people there in Arcadia. Wherever it is that you're listening from today, we're glad to have you along. Let me turn the mic over to Zach, who's going to bring us this week's shenanigan statements. All right, number one, Major League Baseball announced a change to its pace of play rules on Monday. Truth or shenanigans, the new format, which limits mound visits, is better than last year's pitch clock. I agree. I like it better than the pitch clock idea. Though my understanding is that is still not completely off the table for the future. But I guess I can take solace in the idea that more visits are available. Because let's be real, this is going to affect Gary Sanchez of the Yankees. He goes out there a yeah. ton. But I guess more are available if requested and the umpire deems them worthy. I don't see a problem, though, with the pace of play. I've said this a number of times. The problem to me is the long commercial breaks 
during the postseason that push these games so late into the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, regular season games, I think, go by in a, in a timely manner. Look, you're out there enjoying the game. What's the big deal? I think you're going to eventually see sponsors given other options for getting their logo seen, whether that be on the uniform or, or others. But you got to do something about the commercial breaks. The pace of the game is fine to me. But, yeah, I, I agree, Zach. The, the limiting the mound visits is better than a pitch clock. I agree as well. I didn't really like the pitch clock thing. I I wasn't violently opposed to having it in the ballpark like some people, but I just thought, you know, there are better ways to go about it. And the big thing, like you said, is the commercial breaks. And they have said they're going to set a time limit for those and uh, try to keep them a little shorter. And But I think you know, the the mound visit thing, there are some guys, like you said, Gary Sanchez, there are guys who make a lot of mound visits. And there are, you know, I think more than there need to be. So maybe that cuts things down a little bit. I agree. I think it's much better than what last year was. They got important stuff to figure out. You saw the movie Major League. They got, <laughs> you know, or oh, it was Bull Durham where they're trying to figure out the wedding gifts for, what is it, their shortstop was getting married and they're out there at a mound meeting trying to figure out who's bringing candlesticks and who's doing what. So important <laughs> stuff taking place in these mound visits. Yeah, and I'm sure that there'll be, there will be, you know, uh, exemptions like for, say, Shohei Otani, who is this, coming from Japan. It's his first year in America. They may need more mound visits for him and his catcher to get on track as far as the language goes and stuff. But we'll have to see how that goes. He gets more because he's Japanese. That's racist. <laughs> I should have never said anything. Along the same line, Major League Baseball is reportedly considering a rule change that would allow managers to use whichever batters they want in the ninth inning of a game. Truth or shenanigans, this is a great way to make the game more exciting to attract new fans. Shenanigans. It's stupid. And I really think you should stop listening to Darren because he's an idiot. (laughs) I I love the guy, but sometimes I wonder if he can even dress himself without the help of his wife. He he sent us his text the other day about it. Mm -hmm. He's all in support of that idea. Loves it. Thinks it's a, a great idea. If they're concerned about the length of the games, as we just spoke about, How is giving the trailing team in the ninth their option of any hitter they want to use, giving them a better chance of tying up the game and extending the game, how does that become a good idea? It it, it doesn't. It it doesn't to you seem like it would invalidate the lineup that they used during the previous eight innings. It's not baseball anymore. It becomes something. It's just that is a ridiculous idea. I agree with you when I say shenanigans as well. That's a gimmick. I compared it to the shootout in hockey where you have these guys playing a hard-fought game and then you get to the end and it's, all right, now pick a few guys and have a skills competition. You know, like it's just, it becomes an eight-inning game and then some kind of an exhibition for the ninth. Play nine innings the way they're meant to be played and the best team will eventually win. First of all, the pace of play thing is not a factor to me. I've been a fan long enough that I know when I sit down at 7 o'clock to watch a game, I can expect to spend three hours or a little more watching the game. And I don't care because that's what I know it's going to be. So uh, that's, I think, unnecessary. And I think that trying to mess with the end of a game is ridiculous. Stupid. And I don't, I don't hate the shootout, by the way. After an overtime period, I don't mind a shootout. I don't want to see three or four or five overtimes in hockey that because it's such a physical game. Yeah. I'd rather have more of the three on three. I think that's. Oh, I agreed. I'll get along with that. 
Number three, the Padres signing of Eric Hosmer makes San Diego a playoff sleeper team. You're a bit of a numbers guy. Well, you're a lot of a numbers guy. You crunchy. So what do you think here? I think shenanigans. I think there's no way. Oh, good. <laughs> Look, they have some good young players. I mean, Hosmer's not a bad player. Agreed. You know, he's a good player, not a great player. Um, they have Manny Margot in center, who's exciting. They have Denelson Lamette in the rotation. They have some young guys that are ready to come up. But look, they're a long ways away. They're still at the very beginning stages of this rebuild. He's a nice player, and he'll make them better, but not playoff sleeper better. They were 20 games under 500 last year, 33 games behind the Dodgers in the West. Eric Hosmer is not making up 20 games just to get you to 500. Yeah. Again, nice player. I like having him around a lot of young talent coming up, as you mentioned, but maybe he helps bring in some other free agents that you can put around that young talent. Not a playoff sleeper yet, but a step in the right direction. Number four, the Yankees being able to add Brandon Drury from Arizona as a utility man and potential infield starter with such a cheap contract means that they will now spend some free money on a starting pitcher. Yeah, man, I agree. But I, I felt they were looking for another starter even before this infield mm-hmm. addition, I think Drury makes them a lot more comfortable knowing that they don't need both their rookies, Miguel Andahar and Glaber Torres, to win starting jobs. Now with him in the mix, they just need one of the two to mm-hmm. do that. And they're a lot more comfortable moving forward. And I think they're, they are looking for a starting pitching, but the Yankees are, are playing this well. They're not going to give away the farm to do it. They're not in a hurry to do it. They're not desperate. If they can find a good deal, I think they make a move. I agree as well. And Brian Cashman has been pretty uh, forthcoming this offseason about the fact that he's wanted to add another starting pitcher for depth, but he hasn't been a fan of the sticker prices so far. And I think now that he's added the other piece that they really needed, which was that utility infielder, um, for such a low price, he now knows much more accurately how much money he has to work with to add that starting pitcher and still stay under the luxury tax. So you never know. You know, as we get farther and farther into the spring, we may see the price drop on somebody like a Jake Arietta or a Lance Lynn, and I would expect Cashman to be right there to swoop in. So I do think we'll see a starting pitcher added soon. Last but not least, quarterback A.J. McCarron won his grievance against the Cincinnati Bengals and will now become a free agent. Truth or shenanigans, McCarron will be a starting quarterback in 2018. What are your thoughts here? I think he probably will. Uh, That's not to say that he should be, but he probably will be. The quarterback market this offseason is the craziest I think I can remember seeing. There are so many quarterbacks available through free agency, plus there are so many top prospect quarterbacks available. We could see five quarterbacks go in the first round of the draft, which would be wild. And uh, I think that so many teams are willing to throw money at guys who have been backups for a while to see if they can take the next step as a starter. I, The Browns tried to trade for him during the season, so I definitely think we'll see him get a shot someplace. Yeah, I disagree. I'm going to call shenanigans on the statement. I, I think there are plenty of other options that teams can use where – McCarron can fill a need where he's best suited, which, in my opinion, is that as a backup quarterback. Nice player, no doubt about it, but I just don't think he's a starting caliber quarterback. The only scenario I do see it happening would be if one of those teams that draft one of these rookie quarterbacks, one of these guys out of college, he might be a good fill for whatever length of time it takes. Maybe it's a full season. 
Maybe it's half a season. Maybe it's a couple of games. That's a scenario where I could see, okay, if they draft a, a quarterback and get McCarron, I, I, I could see that happening, but that's really about it. I'm out of coffee, Zach, so let's take a short break <laughs> so I can address that issue. I tell you what we need around here is a good intern. Yeah. Know, so we can just say, isn't that what they do, right? They go get coffee and stuff yeah. like that. They do so, whatever you tell them to do, right? They're basically indentured servitude, right? We will be back presently. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Are you a fan of March Madness? The Red Hawks are. And Roberts Wesleyan College will be hosting the East Coast Conference Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament this year. Plan to attend the semifinals on Saturday, March 3rd, and championship Sunday on March 4th, as teams compete to punch their ticket to the NCAA D2 National Tournament at Roberts Wesleyan College, Rochester's only NCAA Division II Athletic Scholarship Program. For all your Red Hawks information, visit robertsredhawks.com. Roberts Wesleyan, make it yours. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of Unsolved Mysteries, Mythical Monsters, Murder Whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, The Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that can pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals, call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs, so if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Rick Benson, Zach Barletta, this is the Beyond the Game program. Talking sports from a faith-based point of view. Camps are in full swing now, Zach. By the time this program hits the airways, I will have enjoyed my very first baseball game of the season. And no, I, I don't really care that at this point it's a lot of guys wearing numbers that aren't normally reserved for regular season play, mm -hmm. but it's time for baseball. I'm I'm looking forward to watching a baseball game. And in just a few weeks, I'll be in Arizona going to a discipleship conference out there. And I'll be taking in a couple of spring training games. I know for one, I'm going to be seeing the Rockies and the Rangers. Looking forward to that. But I'm going to try to squeeze into another. I've never been to the Cactus League. Been to a number 
of games in Florida, having lived in Lakeland for a couple of years. But mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to seeing a game out in Arizona. On Monday, the Yankees rolled out Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton together, hitting in the same hitting group. And there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people there. Mm-hmm. So much that ESPN covered it live. There were a number of other reporters there as well, obviously. And yes, we're all excited about the idea of these two hitting together, uh, obviously. But can you believe the crowds that took this in? It's the first spring training workout. ESPN yeah. is putting it on live. That seemed like just, okay, this might be a little over the top to me. Yeah, the first spring training batting practice session and you're covering it. The Baseball Tonight crew was there covering it live. It was it was surreal to watch and just be like, I mean, these guys just got off the plane like not too long ago, you know, like the fact that we're covering their first batting practice and trying to get something meaningful out of it is pretty wild. I can't recall any situation like that where you had the first workout being covered the way this was being covered. That it was crazy. And of course, the Red Sox agreed to terms with J.D. Martinez. Finally, not that that's a big surprise or anything, but the timing was humorous to me. It was a mm-hmm. bit curious to me because just a little jab, it seemed, between the two rivals, the Red Sox and the Yankees. Here the Yankees are getting all this attention as the two sluggers are about to go in and take BP. And then the Red Sox announced that they've come to this agreement with Martinez. So on the day that the Yankees were on unveiling their two big stars, the Red Sox announced that they've got one too. I thought the timing was funny for another reason, which was that the Arizona Diamondbacks had just announced that they're installing a humidor in their ballpark to try and cut down on home runs a little bit. And it was rumored that he had gotten tired of talking with the Red Sox and was leaning towards going back to the Diamondbacks. And as soon as they announced the humidor, he quickly signed with the Red Sox. So I thought that was <laughs> I didn't interesting even pick well. up on that. But that, yeah, look, I'm out. I don't want to go back there. Mm-hmm. More and more looking like a two-team race in the AL East. I mean, you got the Orioles who... Uh, you just don't think they have enough to keep mm-hmm. up with the Red Sox and the Yankees. I suppose the Blue Jays, if everything went perfect, which how often does everything go perfect? But if it did, potentially they could um, they could stick around to late in the season. I mm-hmm. still don't think they have enough. But then there's the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, yeah. A club which traditionally has not been strong, but in recent years they've had a competitive, competitive run. They had a World mm-hmm. Series appearance, but – it would appear to be over now. Uh, just a house cleaning going on. It continued this week with Steven Sosa being shipped out. You sent a tweet out that pointed out how bare the cupboards have gotten for the Florida baseball teams in Miami and Tampa Bay. And the comment that it must stink to be a baseball fan in, in Florida. And frankly, yeah, it has to be terrible to be a fan there. You would think so. I mean... The, the Marlins traded their entire starting outfield and then some, you know, the Rays have traded pretty much the only players worth watching outside of like Chris Archer. So, and I think for the Marlins and their fans, what maybe hurts the worst is that this was kind of brought on by the death of Jose Fernandez because they had a really good offense. You know, the middle of that order with Ozuna and Stanton and Christian Yelich and JTL Real Muto, they were a good offensive team. But they didn't have the pitching, and that's what did them in. And, you know, Giancarlo Stanton wanted them to add pitching and make a run for it. And ownership said that wasn't practical. But 
you know, you think they're a pitcher or two away. Well, they just lost a young, bona fide ace. And, you know, I, I don't mean to be insensitive about it because the guy passed away, but right, of course. he died, so they got nothing back for him. It's not like they traded him away and got back useful pieces that will be helping the team soon. He's gone, and they lost a tremendous asset, and that really was the beginning of this uh, dismantling of the team. It's going to be a lot of real uninspiring baseball on that stage. Yeah, frankly, summer. I wonder if that's isn't if that's not part of the problem. The fact that there just aren't a lot of baseball fans in Florida. Mm-hmm. You have some older people there who uh, a lot of seniors, they go to bed early. They're not going out to the games. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you're playing these games in the afternoon, they're not coming. Which, by the way, spring training games are in the afternoon, so spring training does pretty well. And you have... A lot of transients who are rooting for the teams that they grew up loving. Mm-hmm. You know, people that are moving from New York are not switching, becoming Miami fans. They're still Yankee or Met fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, along the west coast of, of Florida, you have a lot of Detroit and Chicago moving down there. I think it has something to do with the highway. 75 just comes straight on down. So there's a ton of people from the Detroit area, Michigan area, moving down along the west. And You get a lot of New Yorkers coming down 95, settling along the east. But they're not changing their teams. They're still rooting for the teams that they they love. And I just don't know if outside of spring training, if baseball in Florida makes a lot of sense. Now, spring training, people love it. You know, it's like a go-to thing. And, of course, there you're not having just Tampa Bay or Miami. You have all the teams. Well, half the teams in Florida, half the teams out in Arizona. So Mm -hmm. if you're a Tigers fan, they're coming to Lakeland for the entire spring training. And that's when you go see your team if you're one of the Florida residents. You're not going to go see the Tampa Bay Rays or or the Miami Marlins. And I, I just don't know how big baseball really is in Florida. And my point being that there are a lot of communities that perhaps would be better suited to support a team if they can like bring back the expos when your mm-hmm. brother was in studio with us a few weeks ago we were laughing about that we all yeah. want to see the return of the expos and i would be prefer that baseball become part of the fabric there in miami in tampa but so far that just hasn't happened yeah and i know that they're that they announced very recently that they're looking to find a site to build a new stadium and and get them out of tropicana field but I just don't know that, you know, Tampa is, to be honest, Tampa has been the Yankee stronghold for so long yeah. because the Steinbrenners live there and did a lot for the community and the Yankees have their camp there that, you know, they had they had a real tough job of it to start with and the fact that they were bad for a decade and then they became good and then they traded everybody is, you know, I'd imagine it's very hard to be a race fan. Yeah, I would think, and the idea that, there's so much to do in Florida that baseball is just real low on of a priority. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many things. And I love the Tampa area. I have a lot of friends still in the Tampa area. None of them are Rays fans. They're all rooting for whatever team that they originally lived in. I've got several friends from the New England area. They're all Red Sox fans. They're living down in the Tampa area. They're still rooting for the Red Sox. Even players on other teams are chiming in about what has been going on. Bryce Harper of the Miami of the excuse me of the Washington Nationals 
said that he was shocked the Marlins traded their entire outfield during the offseason. He said that he thought Miami could perhaps have gotten themselves into contention by adding just a couple of pitchers. Yeah, I guess they had a pretty solid outfield, so maybe just a couple of pitchers might have helped, but manager Don Mattingly of the Marlins seems to be a bit tired of hearing it. Here's his quote. He's tired of hearing everybody's view on what his team is doing. He said Tuesday that Harper should take care of your own dugout, adding that it's not really Harper's place to comment on us. He doesn't really know what goes on over here. He may think he does, but he doesn't know what the discussions are. He doesn't know our players. And you know, Mattingly's right. Mm -hmm. Why do the Marlins care what Bryce Harper thinks? He doesn't know the inside discussions. You asked a few weeks ago, I think it was darn shenanigans, if people should give Derek Jeter and uh, some of the the front office personnel a, a pass while they work through whatever it is they're working through. Don't judge them too early. Mm-hmm. And they may have a plan in place. And we have to let them work through that plan. I, I agreed with that. Bryce Harper doesn't know what some of those internal discussions are. For those of us blessed to live here in the United States, we have the freedom to give our opinion and and do it in any number of ways. Social media is filled with opinions of every sort, from every angle, on any situation. But that doesn't always mean it's a good idea. Just because you think something Boy, I tell you, it doesn't mean you have to talk talk about it. it. Doesn't mean you have to say it aloud just because it goes through your head. Even if even if you have the right to do that, uh, wisdom is knowing sometimes what not to say. I think that's the biggest issue with living in the age of social media is everybody thinks they need to say what's on their mind all the time. You know, sometimes it's just not our business. We like to tell people though, don't we? We like to tell people what we think. We like to tell them how we think they ought to handle a certain situation, what they ought to do in particular circumstances. But unless they ask, we're really talking out of turn if we're talking about their affairs that have nothing to do with us. We tend to ignore the fact that God told us to mind our own business. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11 says, And to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work with your hands just as we commanded you. And a quiet life is one that's not wrapped up in being a busybody and getting involved in other people's stuff and all that additional drama that comes with it. Christians need to focus on their own life, not worrying about meddling in the lives of others. If we don't do that, then we're disobedient to God. We're disobedient what the Bible tells us in the verse. And uh, to disobey is sinful. Don't misunderstand me, though. The Bible's not saying Christians ought to live as separatists that we ought to not be concerned with other people. That's not what it's saying at all. I got, I'm got i an introvert, so I read that verse and I go, man, that's great. I'll, I'll have nothing to do with nobody from now on. We still have a responsibility to help people see their sin, help them see their need of a Savior. But there are a lot of things where we don't have any business getting involved in. It's not helpful. It's not constructive. I think the church in Thessalonica must have had an issue with people not minding their own affairs. In his second letter, Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 11, For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Being a busybody causes damage. It's disruptive. It, it 
disrupts peace. It brings about unnecessary drama. And as I just talked about, that's not a quiet life. It's so disruptive in the church, so disruptive that Paul writes that such people run the risk of being disassociated with the church. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15 says, If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, that instruction was to mind their own business, among other things. But if you're not following that instruction, if anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of that person and do not associate with him so that he will be put to shame. Yet do not regard him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Look, you don't, if you care about somebody, you don't hate on them. You admonish them, you rebuke them, you tell them where they're wrong, but you do it in love. You do it as a brother. You do it as a a parent would their child, not in a hateful way. Sometimes people, they're not going to repent from their sin. Sometimes they're not going to change their way. And if they're a busybody and they're they're getting involved in everybody else's affairs and you go to them and you say, hey, man, this isn't cool. You, you need to mind your own business. And they continue to do that. Well, then keep your distance, not in an attempt to hate them, but in an attempt to get them to see, man, they're right. I really need to mind my own business. God desires for the church to be a unified body, a group of people all pulling in the same direction, not one fragmented as a result of gossip or as a result of people interfering into the affairs of others. In his first letter to Timothy, Paul rebukes those with too much time on their hand. He says they wander around talking about things that they shouldn't be. He calls them gossips. He calls them busybodies. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 13, at the same time, they also learn to be idle as they go around from house to house, and not merely idle, but also gossips and busybodies, talking about things not proper to mention. You see the association here in First Timothy chapter 5, verse 13, and what we read in Second Thessalonians 3.11, doing no work at all, it says in Second Thessalonians, and, and being idle, it says in First Timothy chapter 5. People with too much time on their hands tend to fill that time by meddling in other people's business. Get a job, get a hobby, and don't let that hobby be other people. Get a life. Check out the people Peter associates busybodies with in First Peter chapter 4, verse 15. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. Meddling is as much a sin as these other things, murder, thieves. Uh, These are the type of people that are are disruptive to be around. Clearly, the Bible instructs us to mind our own business. We need to take intentional steps to see that we're doing that. Be careful. Be careful about confusing your preferences, the things you're like with what the Bible actually says to do. You may have thoughts on hair lengths, maybe clothing styles, whatever it is. But unless you can support your opinion with Scripture, well, then it's just your opinion. Don't go around telling everybody else what they have to do when it's really something you think they should do. Mind your own business. Your way might be right, by the way. Your way might be the better way to go about it. But unless you're asked, you're not minding your own business. There's a big difference between what the Bible teaches and our own particular preferences and likes. 
Proverbs 26, verse 17 says, Whoever meddles in a quarrel, not his own, is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears. Man, when people have a a disagreement and you start trying to get in the middle of that thing, it's like grabbing a dog by the ears, one a passing dog by the ears. People decide they just have to you just have to get involved and say what's on their mind, tell them what they think, uh, meddling in somebody else's business. But the Bible's saying that's like one who takes that passing dog and grabs it by the ear. The dog was content to run right past you. He wasn't going to interfere with you. He wasn't going to get involved with you. If for some reason you decide to grab him by the ear as he goes by, well, you didn't have a problem, but you have one now. If it doesn't concern you, mind your own business. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler, and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family-owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. So glad to have you back in the program as we close out another week of Talking Sports from a Faith-Based Perspective. Proverbs 14.23 says, In all labor there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Professional sports teams can at times be seen as impersonal and uncaring, but when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, there has clearly been something very special going on there all season long. After hearing many testimonies of faith, stories of baptism and salvation surrounding the players on this year's Eagles roster, this past week we heard a story which showed the heart of the Eagles' front office. The Eagles have given guard Stefan Wisniewski a $250,000 bonus despite his missing, just barely missing, a playing time incentive. And it's not just a quarter million payout they needed to consider. By awarding that bonus, the team also lost $125,000 in cap space. The $250,000 bonus is significant for Wisniewski, one would think. He made just $775,000 in base salary last season. Wisniewski battled through an ankle injury to appear in 14 regular season games in all three of the Eagles' postseason games, including that Super Bowl victory. And by the way, Wisniewski's base salary will also increase to $2.5 million 
in the year ahead. The humanity and the kindness of the Philadelphia Eagles organization in continuing this remarkable journey they have been on all season long is what I like this week. So we don't discuss what we're going to pick for you like that before we get into the studio, but maybe we should in the future because that's the exact same thing I was going to use for my you like that this week. Yeah, well, that's a good one. And you're right, though. We haven't we haven't had that happen a lot where we had no. the same ones, and we don't talk about it usually before we get into the studio. On occasions we have, but typically we don't. So this doesn't happen very often where we've come out with the same one. So I guess I guess it's bound to happen sometime. Yeah, so we got that out of the way. and But, I, you know, I really liked it. It's a classy move by the Eagles. And like you said, it's been a special season for them. They have something really good going on there. And uh, so good for them. This has been the Beyond the Game program. As we close out this week's show, I want to thank you for being with us. Just a quick reminder that you can partner with our team here at Beyond the Game to bring the gospel of thousands of listeners each week through Sports Talk Radio. This show doesn't happen without the financial support of listeners like you. Please consider making a donation to this radio ministry, or if you have a business, consider advertising with Beyond the Game. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 11, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. For more information or to make a donation, visit our website, btgprogram.com. There you can find more information about the program. You can find past broadcasts, detailed information on how you can know Jesus Christ personally and receive forgiveness of sins. I'll be away the next few weeks, but I leave you in good hands, and Zach will be running the show. I'm off to the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville next week, and then a discipleship conference in Arizona the week after that I'm very much looking forward to. So take care, my friends. Thanks for listening. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week. At least you and Zach will be right here at this same time. Be bold, and be great this week, everybody. (laughs) 